The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. I feel like there's 72 things I haven't done. You know, you know, you got kind of have a checklist of things you need to do before the show starts, and I feel like there's 72 things that I've missed. Yeah. Does everything look okay from your perspective? No, it totally looks screwed up. <laughs> Thanks. That'll help me out a lot. Um, we've got a great show tonight. This is this is something you and I have been talking about for um, um, well as long as we've known these guests were going to be on tonight. Mark Sargent and Patricia Steer, who are the uh, focus of a documentary that's on Netflix called Behind the Curve, uh, which takes a look at flat earth theory. But more importantly, it takes a look at the personalities behind the flat earth movement which these two are kind of i think the de facto leaders of well yeah and you know i watched the show and i had actually told you about it and uh, then you had tuned in and i thought it was it was going well but i think whoever cut and edited the show was biased and i think you could tell that jv i know you you felt the same thing which you know i want to hear i want to hear people's theories i want to get their thoughts on why they think they think the way they do whether i 100% agree with it or not i would at least want to hear why why they've come to their belief system but i, I feel like that that the the netflix show the editors the directors whoever sort of put a spin on it to try to make everybody in in that belief system seem just weird. Yeah, no, not. I think you're right. And I think that, and, and even if it's an, an unintentional uh, bias, I think that uh, most people would go into that conversation thinking, flat earth, uh, that's crazy talk. Um, and you can't help but have that uh, bias when you go into it. Um, but at the same time, I did feel like I left that watching that film feeling as though the editors, the producers, the whoever it was, uh, had already reached a conclusion before they even started it. But um, they, I think they did a pretty good job of demonstrating the passion of people like Mark Sargent and Patricia Steer and the other people that they focused on who were really more interested in just getting to the truth than trying to prove anything. They just want the truth. Well, and I 100% agree with that. They just they want definitive answers one way or another and i think that's important um yeah and honestly they seem like down-to-earth people and that's why i've been looking forward to actually talking with them on this because i'd love to hear their side of why they think this and what leads them down that path and uh, and just get their ideas or their responses to questions that i've i've always wondered about when people when people talk about flat earth yeah, it's going to be a very interesting discussion, and we're going to take your phone calls in the second part of the program uh, for both Mark Sargent and Patricia Steer. Um, you know, they're very uh, dynamic figures, are very passionate about what they talk about, and uh, I expect it to be a really good discussion. Now, when is the last time you've been pulled over by a police officer for something? Um, well, the last time they actually were able to catch up to me, that would be, she's <laughs> uh, well, honestly, uh, just about a week week and a half ago oh, have you ever felt like and listen i i mean i didn't, I didn't get a ticket but no, no, i'm not saying you did but i i mean no disrespect to uh members of the law enforcement community. I respect them. I give them the greatest amount of respect. Absolutely. Um, but there are people who uh, feel like uh, they need to express themselves with certain parts of their hand uh, when a cop uh, pulls them over, especially when they feel like they haven't done anything wrong. And this happened to a woman um, in uh, Washington State. In fact, uh, it's reported, uh, this is from the Seattle Times, but I think it's actually a reprint from the Washington Post. And a woman was pulled over by a police officer for speeding, the police officer let her off with a warning. But as the police officer was pulling away, she gave him the gesture with the middle finger. So the uh, the New England hello. I guess is that what it is. Is that what it's called? Yeah, New England wave. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they call it. New so England the wave. the police officer was not particularly pleased about that. Turned his lights back on. Pulled her over again. Actually, uh, threw her into, or actually ran into her car in the process. Oh. Damaged her car. Um, and wrote her another ticket this time, or not another one, but actually ended up writing her a ticket for the original violation that he was going to let her off for. This uh, was, according to the victim, according to the person who uh, gave the middle finger and received the ticket, was a violation of free speech for her because she has the right, according to her, to express herself that way. Well, honestly, you do. I, let's let's be honest. I, I mean, as long as you're not being 
vulgar and threatening. And it, it sucks to say it because a lot of my friends are, are police officers. And, uh, and, you know, and then you watch shows like Live PD and stuff and you see the crap that these guys, these guys and women have to go through. It's insane. Um, but, yeah, I mean, technically, if you, you gave a police officer the finger, it doesn't give you a reason to all of a sudden get to. If he made the choice to already let you go and you gave him the finger, well, Okay, but he already made that choice. He can't then pull you over and, and out of revenge, give you give you a ticket. It just doesn't make sense, let alone hit your car. Well, it just so happens the court sided with, with what you just said, Jay, and uh, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Sixth Circuit found in the case between the cop and the woman that she was within her rights of free speech to express herself that way. Yeah, it doesn't have to be respectful, doesn't have to be right, but she has the ability to do it. And that's that's you know I still think it's a wrong way of handling it. She he didn't give you a ticket initially. Yeah. Why do you gotta you know give like that one last shot, which makes no sense. It just shows the kind of person you are. But she has a right to. Yeah. And and um, I think in many cases, um, you know, things that are distasteful are still protected by free speech, and that's part of why you know we get on Facebook or other social media platforms. We've got all these arguments because um, people want to silence other people instead of just respecting the fact that you know what I may not agree with you, but you have the right to do what you want to you say what you want to say. Well, and that's it. It's you might not respect it. You might not respect the person for for doing it, but you got to at least respect the uh, the ability to be able to. To the right say, to do to it. say yeah. that, I, yeah. mean, I mean, that's that's what this whole country's been built on. In a, in a lot of other countries, you can't express anything. You either follow the line or you just disappear. I mean, it, it's scary. Um, looking ahead to tomorrow night, we're going to be talking with Sherilyn Darcy, who is a botanical explorer, also a natural history author and an artist, and she specializes in the study of floroethnobotany, which is the connections between people and flowers. These can be cultural connections. They can be metaphysical or spiritual Buds. or medicinal or practical. What? Buds. Buds. <laughs> that's what I mean. Yeah. You know, when I think of the, yeah, okay. Yeah, a, a spiritual connection between you and so that could be bud. It's, yeah. That could be spiritual or medicinal, right? Oh, yeah. Um, and she talks about all kinds of plants and how they affect our lives. So it's going to be an interesting. We haven't talked about this before, so that should be a good conversation. No, it should be interesting. So make sure you head over to, if you haven't yet, head over to Facebook.com slash Beyond Reality Radio. If it actually works. I mean, Facebook went down today, Jim. Yeah, I, well, I know. I, I was trying to do some work, and I, every every time I tried to post something, it said, sorry, there's an error. We'll get. We'll let you know when it's better. I don't even know. It was, just, it was all day. Which, my God, I mean, I mean, I saw people walk out of their house who haven't been out in years. <laughs> yeah, they were like squinting. It was like, yeah, yeah, they were like part vampire. But yeah. uh, no, it actually went down for a few hours today. And, and that's the, the thing. I mean, I just, I, I hate the fact that we're so connected to, to a social media platform like that. So I actually signed up for a different one. I'm seeing how it works. We'll see how it goes. But uh, if you haven't yet, head over to facebook.com slash beyondrealityradio. Like that Facebook page for us. Then head to beyondrealityradio.com. You can find all the stations we air on. You can download the free smartphone apps, or you can listen live right there from the website. If you download the show from iTunes or anywhere else, just take two seconds for us and rate it. Helps push the show forward and makes it easier to find, and that's what it's all about. Are you ready to uh, have this conversation about Flat Earth with Mark Sargent and Patricia Steer? I am more than ready, and all I'm right. looking forward to this. And again, we'll be opening up the phone lines in the second hour of the show. At, and the number is 844-687-7669. You're listening to Jason and JV, Beyond Reality Radio. We'll be back after this. Please support the program. Go to patreon.com slash johaw. That's J-O-H-A-W. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tonight, we're, we've got a program that uh, we've anticipated uh, for quite some time. Uh, we're going to be talking about flat earth theory, but more specifically, we're going to be talking with two of the people who have kind of um, led the, the the movement, if you will, Mark Sargent and Patricia Steer. They're also the subjects of a documentary that's on Netflix called Behind the Curve. Mark and Patricia, welcome to Beyond Reality Radio. It's a pleasure to have you on with us. 
Hey. Hello. <laughs> hey, thanks thanks for coming on. We've been really looking forward so to the I, show. Yeah, I've got to just kind of clear this up just because um, I think you've both been on the program before. And I think uh, yeah. the, the last time you were, we actually had a fill-in host. Bruce Markison was doing the show for Jason and I. We missed it, which was disappointing to us, but it just the timing worked out that way, right? Is that what happened? Yeah, yeah, that, that's what happened. It was about uh, four months ago. Well. Wow. Well, we're happy to have you here, and we're actually happy to be here with you this time. How about that one? <laughs> Welcome Great. back. Thanks. So let's, um, this, this is kind of a short segment here, but um, I want to get both of your answers to this question. How did this whole notion of a flat earth kind of uh, first appear on your radar to make it something that you're interested in pursuing? Mark, you go first. Okay. Uh, I got into it in the summer of 2014. I was looking at a whole bunch of different conspiracies and got really bored with them. I mean, I literally was conspiracy bored, and everybody knows about Flat Earth. Everybody hates it. doesn't matter what you believe in. uh, Flat Earth is not a fun topic. And I thought, okay, I'll just take a look at it. I should be able to destroy it over a weekend, and that was the worst thing ever. Uh, nine, Nine months later, at the beginning of 2015, I just decided, okay, I can't prove the globe in a court of law anymore, so I will create a series of videos called Flat Earth Clues, put them out on the Internet, and four years later, here we are, conferences and celebrities and a documentary and a book and radio shows, and it just never ends. <laughs> well, so, and your, your whole thought was just putting these videos out there and getting the public's thoughts and perceptions on, on what yeah, you were talking about? Yeah, yeah. I thought that somebody could just shoot it down. I said, look, I, I, I consider myself a, a clever problem solver, but uh, I, I had to be wrong about this. There's no way Flat Earth could be real in any capacity. And, but the Internet hive mind is very, very intelligent. So it's like, okay, tell me. You know, I put my phone number and my email address and my real name and you know, broke all the Internet rules, basically, and, and said, okay, come at me. And I thought some academic would have shot me down in the first 30 days, and it turned out to be the opposite. Patricia, how did you start? How did this attract your attention? Well, I was looking at lots of interesting truth topics on YouTube, and I wound up uh, looking at a couple of a couple of videos that were debunking the moon landing. One of them, Astronauts Gone Wild, and another, A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Moon. Both videos can be found on YouTube. They're by a guy named Bart Sibrell. One thing led to another. Suggested video, Mark's Flat Earth Clues. And that was March of 2015. Watched some of those and then did some other research. Watched other videos, even debunking videos. And then several months later, I, I I just had to do something to get involved in this because I realized that the earth is not a globe and I want to jump in and try to help wake people up. So I started my own YouTube channel called Flat Earth and Other Hot Potatoes. And like Mark said, conferences, meetups, and then the documentary on Netflix and, and more amazing things yet to come. Well, and you say conferences and meetups, and this is a community of people that seems to be growing and growing uh, quickly, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, very committed people, people with different views about how the whole flat earth works, how it all looks on a map, how a model might work. But we all have one thing in common, uh, that we all believe that we don't live on a, a ball spinning in, uh, in the blackness of space. Well, and J- JV and I have talked in the past, and this was something that really we didn't hear much of. We, you might catch a little bit here and there, you know, going back five, six, seven years ago, but you, you never really heard much about it. But I'll be honest, lately over the last year or two, well, about probably two or three years, it seems to be popping up all over the place. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and there's we- nothing uh, in it for us, meaning we're not making money. We're not being paid. Some people sell T-shirts and coffee mugs and stuff like that, or they might monetize something on a, their small YouTube channel. The, the, the impetus for all of us involved in this is we have found something that we believe to be vitally important for the world to know about that we've all been lied to on a massive level. That's why we do this. We do this not as a job. We do it as a passion. How much of this is about um, this particular theory, which I know is obviously what we're talking about and what is important, versus how much of it is just about demonstrating that we're not always, and in many cases, uh, not being told the truth about some of these things that we talk about? 
I think that goes ha- hand in hand, which is, I mean, of course, the, the flat earth theory is, is the key to most of us. We, I mean, ask anybody. We, we absolutely do believe in it. But when you get into flat earth, all of a sudden it opens up everything else, uh, meaning uh, flat earth is kind of the umbrella and every other conspiracy or potential lie or everything that's been told to us over the years has to be revisited. So, and we, you know, everyone knows, you know, there's a ton of conspiracies out there. But once you get into this, it's the open, open, uh, open-minded experience to where you all of a sudden it's like, oh man, I have to look at everything again. I mean, I was opening, reopening dusty conspiracies that I hadn't looked at in years. So yeah, it, it's both, uh, but it's, it's uh, an interesting journey. We have about a minute here before we have to jump to our break. Um, and in that time, I want you both to give out your social media, websites, YouTube channel, whatever it is that um, you want people to know about, because we're going to continue to reference, reference those throughout the course of the conversation. Sure. Patricia? Flat Earth and Other Hot Potatoes. That's my YouTube channel. Once again, it's Flat Earth and Other Hot Potatoes. I have a Facebook group, a very small one, by that very same name. So that's where you'll find me doing a pretty regular videos and i have been since 2015 um my channel is called mark Sargent. it's just my name m-a-r-k-s-a-r-g-e-n-t the video series is called flat earth clues and of course both of us are in the documentary which is out on everything called behind the curve and we actually were telling a lot of people to, to tune into that and check that out. And we get a lot of questions about that show when we come back, let alone just we we really want to get into the basis of you know, how the Earth is flat and, and how you guys actually look into uh, your, your scientific testings and so forth. Uh, Mark and Patricia, I'm not sure if I, I don't know, do we call you leaders of this movement, uh, important figures? No. I'm not sure exactly what to say here. <laughs> how about, how about here. ambassadors? How about that? Ambassadors. Yeah. Very diplomatic. Right. <laughs> Very diplomatic. So let's, you know, in, in flat Earth, all of the people who are involved with exploring truth, we prefer to think of it as a leaderless movement. But we do have ambassadors who sort of take front runner roles, and they do it on their own. No one's voted in, but um, everyone leads themselves. Yeah, and it, and it's content driven. Meaning, if you have a channel and your channel resonates with people, and you get a more, lot more subscribers. You get invited to things, and you do conferences, you do speaking engagements, and you just move your way up the, the ladder. No one's left out. It's up to no. the individual. Mark, yeah. Mark, when you, when you started your, you said you were kind of looking at various conspiracy theories, and the flat earth mm-hmm. idea you know, uh, came into your view, and then you created some videos expecting them to be challenged. They weren't necessarily. Um, had you, was there anybody else doing that kind of work at the time, or were you pioneering this? There were a couple guys that were doing. That's funny you'd mention that. Um, there were a couple guys from Europe and a guy from Thailand uh, and another one here in the states, a, a Canadian, as a matter of fact, who was just visiting the states. And but they were the stuff they were making were kind of if you if you treat it like a university, there they were introducing like two hundred level and three hundred level books. It was pretty advanced stuff. And the stuff that I came out with literally was one hundred and one, flat Earth one hundred and one, which is flat Earth clues. I mean, there was almost no math in it and. So when I got into it, it helped because then they could people could jump from my stuff backwards to their stuff, and then everything moved forward. So it ended up being symbiotic in a way. It was kind of cool. So you kind of brought in uh, Flat Earth for Dummies. I did. Is that kind I, I'm, of... that's, that's about as good as way. If Flat <laughs> Earth is a university, I am the freshman recruiter. No, no question. So let's talk about this this documentary for a minute. First of all, um, yeah. when when was it made? I, I, I know, I, from what I can tell, it was recently put up on Netflix, and Jason and I both watched it recently. Um, when was it, it made, and how were you approached to be part of it? Sure, sure, sure. It was shot initially. We were, I was approached in April of 2017 by a film team out of Los Angeles called Delta V. And, you know, they were trying to come up with a human interest piece, and they thought it'd be a cool topic. And we shot most of 2017 all the way from, uh, we really started kicking in in May, uh, and then grabbed other people and got them involved. And then the big climax was down in North Carolina at the, uh, at the conference in November of 2017, then they edited for a couple months. It started hitting the film festivals in April of last year. Patricia and I got involved with uh, with some of the film festival stuff. We went to the premiere up uh, in Toronto. It did 22 film festivals in seven countries and then was released in November on iTunes and Amazon and YouTube. 
And then finally, just a few weeks ago, that's when Netflix picked it up. And again, I completely underestimated their market share because that's when everything just exploded. And now I, I have a hard time even looking at my schedule. It's that cluttered. Did you, uh, either of you, have any kind of creative control on this, or were you just purely uh, subjects of what the camera were pointing at? No creative control whatsoever. They shot so much that was left on the cutting room floor. Uh, That could make a couple different movies, actually. (laughs) So, um, yeah, we didn't really know what they had in mind, although they told us it would be an unbiased look at Flat Earth in the community. And so we said, sure, we'd love to participate. It turned out to be more of an opinion piece driven by the three uh, small Delta V team members, Daniel Clark and Carolyn Clark and oh, the other Nick, Nick Ander. Nick Ander. Uh, they, they had a an opinion that they didn't really share with us from the start that Flat Earth was, you know, bad or wrong. And they ended up editing things to get that point across. Anybody who watches it, even if they think Flat Earth is bad and wrong, they can see that parts where they made it um, evident that it was an opinion piece, not a documentary with a neutral with a neutral stance. Well, but uh, with all of that in there, uh, we didn't know there would be experts in there, an astronaut, astrophysicist, that wasn't told to us either. So um, it was all just us being ourselves, doing our daily flat earth stuff. That's how it got in this film. Well, and JV and I have been talking, I watched initially and I told JV you had to check it out. And the, that's the one thing that we have talked about, whether we agree with you or we don't agree with you, fine. But, you know, you can tell that there there's definitely a biasness in the way they cut and edited the show. And I, I just, right. from doing television for the last 13 years, 14 years of my life, I, I, I can see that. So it they kind of they- put... They kind of put this spin on it where no matter how they they tried to come off, they still sort of put a spin on it to to make it seem as if people involved in this are kind of quirky. The, quirky, the... lonely, we're looking for a purpose in life, we'd be lost without the community, we'd hold on to flat earth with our bleeding fingertips even when it's found not to be true. Yeah, we know how they portrayed us, yeah. Sad, the, but untrue. The... There was a, uh, the, the reason behind that, uh, and they let it slip in the iTunes uh, director's commentary, which is you can only hear on iTunes, uh, was that it really changed for them. And I was sort of surprised they actually, they actually admitted it, which was when we got to the conference and that 12-year-old kid walked up to the microphone and was asking me questions on stage, that's when they thought, okay, we've got we've to make a stand here. They had, like, had a responsibility to the children. Uh-huh. And I, it's not the first time I've heard this. I heard this from National Geographic and, and other news agencies, which was, well, it's all fun and games until kids are involved. And I'm going, well, we're not recruiting kids. You know, Flat Earth doesn't care about race or gender or religious preference, and we certainly don't care about age. I mean, we're not like a cigarette company with Joe the Camel trying to recruit kids. But that's why, that's why they tweaked it. They, it's like, okay, we're, we're, up until the, I, and Patricia may disagree with me. I firmly believe they were going to try to make this thing as neutral as possible. And then it's like, because none of them, nobody in the production of this film was a flat earther. Uh, and they were very, very clear about that. Even now, you know, they'd absorb nothing through osmosis. Anyway, sorry, I rambled. No, it's okay. I got the sense, and, and Jason kind of uh, pointed out, and you you confirmed it that um, you know they they were trying to portray a certain type of character would believe in the flat Earth theory. But I also um, I enjoyed the way they made it real, and they demonstrated how much passion both you, Mark, and Patricia have, plus other people yeah. in this community have for again finding the truth whether whether regardless of how this shakes out if we ultimately get an answer um but the truth right. seemed to be the most important thing here yeah yeah absolutely uh, the the truth community uh, means so much to me and there's something i am fond of saying because people say oh you're doing it for the money and it's like oh come on nobody goes in to flat earth to make money <laughs> uh which is i i don't want to be famous i want to be right and I don't care, you know, the, what's the old saying, um, let the truth come, and the, uh, though the heavens fall, something to that effect. Right. Which is, I mean, I know the truth is going to be painful. In fact, uh, National Geographic, you know, they were asking questions I'd never even heard before, which was, you know, what happens when flat earth gets out of control? You know, what happens to, to medicine? What happens to technology? What happens to civilization as we know it? 
And I said, look, there's going to be some growing pains. You know, the truth is all, always does that, which is why, uh, sorry, not to quote uh, somebody real quick, uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, our old president, when he said, only tell the public as much truth as they can handle. And I, I disagree. I, I think in this case, I think the, the public can handle quite a bit more truth. Patricia, we, yeah, well, I, what I was going to say, but with that, if if tomorrow they came out and said the earth was flat, do you th- yeah. do you truly think that the the public, the world in general, could could handle that without? I mean, of course, there there was a time I, that I, everybody thought the world was flat, and then they said it was round, and that threw everybody for a hell of a curve. So, well, um, yeah, but. It was easier back 500 years ago because you only had newspapers and most of the population exactly. couldn't even read and write. Uh, nowadays, I think because, you know, you, you were talking about high-speed Internet and social media and six billion smartphones. You could get everybody on the same page. It literally. would break the Internet more than Kim Kardashian's backside, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would. I mean, there's there's the potential for a lot of chaos, no question. But at this point, and I'm not being callous when I say this, what do we got to lose? I mean, we've already messed up a lot of stuff in this world. So what, what do you got to lose by, by telling people at this point? And I honestly think that they, because you know, we've gotten help from Google and YouTube. They have not stopped us uh, in any way, shape, or form. They have only recently said they're thinking about slowing us down. Well, you know, it's interesting uh, you say that because um, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a YouTube creator as well, and I get those uh, video updates. I don't know, the creator channel, whatever it is, and I watch... Oh, the update, yeah. yeah I they, know you know, they, they explain their, their policies, and they talk about different things uh, uh, for creators, and one that just came through very, very recently specifically said, and I, I took uh, a Offense to this because we talk about flat earth and other topics that have similar controversy on this program. Um, they said that, uh, you know, s- certain topics will now be, um, I'm trying to remember, regular, regular, um, relegated to a lower standing in search. Uh, and one of those things they specifically yeah. said was flat, uh, controversial topics like flat earth theory. And yeah. I don't know if you saw yeah. that, but that was Google. like within the last couple of weeks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When when Google made an announcement recently, I mean, heck, we were in we were in front of the one. I think it was a Senate subcommittee uh, last year, uh, where Google was. They were trying to address some of the what they called fake news problem. And of all the topics they brought up, uh, they brought up flat Earth. And when the the story you're mentioning just came out a few weeks ago, where they said, okay, they made a press announcement. We've said we are going to not recommend as much right. on the right hand search bar. Three topics such as, and they, the three topics were um, snake oil, which was interesting, mm-hmm. you know, like metaphorical snake oil, yep. um, 9-11, and yep. flat earth. That's right. And it's like, it's like wow. If we're, there was no truth to flat earth, why would they be mentioning it? It's just a little crazy, kooky conspiracy, tinfoil yeah. hat wearers. No one believes that. We've well, got pictures of earth from space. NASA provides them. You know, you've got to think about why is it mentioned? Why did the... Why did President Obama, during his uh, presidency, mention flat Earth twice in speeches for no apparent reason? Flat Earth is is something that's being hidden, but also weirdly being allowed out in public consciousness. So maybe it's not that it's going to be on the Internet tomorrow and everyone will go nuts. Maybe, somehow, there are a few people out there who are allowing it to escape little by little, drip-fed into the public consciousness. Well, and even beyond that, and before we take a break, um, the whole basis of YouTube was designed for people to create content of their thoughts and, and their belief systems and, and so forth. Did for Well, content just to get it out there and share with people. So now mm-hmm. to be sort of trying to cut the, the legs off of those, those people is just ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, the name the name YouTube is yeah. you having the chance to be on the tube, and if they're making that not possible anymore, it needs to be a, a name change, yeah, maybe like to tube. only certain people tube. <laughs> yeah, right, restricted <laughs> tube. I have one more question before we jump to break here. Um, I wanted to ask you, Patricia, uh, you, you expressed your feelings about the documentary, and I think we agree that there was a bias associated with the with it from the filmmakers themselves. However, do you think it has helped the cause? 
Well, it's made a lot of people, just from my own personal experience, subscribe to my channel out of the blue ever since it came out on Netflix. And are these people only subscribing to hate watch Flat Earth or hate watch me? Maybe some, but not all of them. I think it sparked interest. And so therefore the filmmakers, maybe their plan, well, their number one plan was to have a successful film and make money, let's face it. But their other plan to kind of, you know, put a damper on Flat Earth is backfiring because look we're talking to you about it people are talking about flat earth more than ever before because the documentary is out even if it showed us with quote-unquote failed experiments which we'll get to later everything's not as it was presented but um yeah it's created a new wave of interest in flat earth so it's continuing to grow it's certainly not slowed down at all we're talking with Mark Sargent and Patricia Steer about uh, the documentary behind the curve, also their involvement in the flat earth movement. And I want to, this is a short segment, so I want to ask um, about how you, well, actually, more specifically, why is this such a passionate topic? Not for just the people who are on, in your camp, who are um, trying to uh, present a case that the earth is flat, but for the other side as well. And I'm not even talking about, you know, the, the people who have something at stake. I'm just talking about people in general. This gets, people get very mm-hmm. emotional about this discussion. Yeah. People yeah. get angry, super angry. And you, they can, they can start screaming at you. Even if you mention that the earth might not be a globe or that NASA potentially people way high up in NASA could be lying. It could literally start a fist fight. Yeah, it's it is the most polarizing thing I've ever seen, and I don't care what you're talking about, whether it be, you know, gay rights or black rights or women's rights or abortion, you know, stem cells or veganism, even veganism. I mean, flat Earth is, and the reason is, it's because it's the only conspiracy you can't walk away from. Meaning, and I've I've had callers that'll that'll come after me. uh, You know, that famous one from a couple years ago, where he says, "How dare you, young man? How dare you tell me the world isn't what I think it is?" Because every other conspiracy, you know, you can you don't want to look at 9/11 or Pearl Harbor or JFK or take your pick. You don't have to. You know, there there are secrets that can be hidden in the desert. But you tell somebody that the life they've been living hasn't exactly been authentic. That there's something something wrong. All of a sudden, it it's almost like telling somebody that they're adopted. You know, like a 30 year old telling the 30 year old that they're adopted, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's like they'll they're denial. They'll get angry, and then all this you know, all of a sudden, it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, what is he talking about? And they'll like flash back to their childhood, and it freaks them out because the like globe... Neo in the Matrix. There you go, like Neo in the Matrix. Well, yeah. but I, I think you super, super polarizing. I think even beyond that, it's more that. If, if if tomorrow I found out that the Earth is truly flat, it would change so well. It would change almost everything throughout my life yeah. of all I'm these beliefs that I've ever that. had. You know, a lot of people say when you tell them about this, well, yeah, you know, it's interesting and all, but how how does it affect me? I still have to go to work tomorrow. But you actually can see how it would affect you. That's cool. Well, absolutely, because then it it would open up endless other doors about, well, okay, so if we are in some sort of a dome-type structure, like some some say, well, then there has to be something that has created all this. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. Yep, so, so, it, point, so it opens up. Point, which and, wasn't really addressed much in the documentary, although I think all of us did talk about it. Well, and I came from a, I came from a, yeah, and I came from a world where my father used to always tell me, you know, you could be a speck of dust under the nail of a giant for all you know, but because right. you have no idea what your universe is really is or what it consists of or what it's made up of or what's bigger than it and what it's inside and the list just goes on and on so you can just roll with that but and we've got a ton more of stuff that uh, we're going to be getting into yeah we 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 made the mistake of opening up a can of worms here when we have 30 seconds to talk about it so we'll we'll revisit this question (laughs) on the other side of the break and we will take your phone calls too at 844-687-7669 all right our guests are patricia steer and mark Sargent. we are talking the flat earth theory so make sure you tune in check it out and give us a call you'll listen to jason and jv beyond reality radio we'll be back after this please support the program go to patreon dot com slash joha that's j-o-h-a-w there are certain topics that uh, elicit a very very emotional response that we feature on this program um a lot of clowns clowns uh, just elicit fear anybody (laughs) who paints a smile on their face they have issues (laughs) by a lot of people um 
And uh, one of the one of the topics that does that is flat earth, earth theory. And tonight's guests, Mark Sargent and Patricia Steer, no uh, no strangers to that emotional response. Um, we will be taking your phone calls to join this discussion at eight four four six eight seven seven six six nine. Mark and Patricia have been involved in this uh, discussion for quite some time. Um, and we've talked about that emotional response that they get. And I, you know, one of the things that I think I know the answer to, Mark and Patricia, um, but I'm going to ask the question anyway. Let's say that we did um, wake up tomorrow and we had irrefutable proof that the earth was flat as opposed to what we've been taught all our lives. Um, yeah. I'm still going to look up and I'm still going to see what I consider to be the sky. I'm still going to look down and I'm going to see what I consider to be the ground. Gravity's still going to pull me in the same direction. What does it change? Okay. So I'll do it rapid fire, which is uh, three main things would happen. Uh, One would be academic. The second would be economic. The third would be religious. Uh, Let's do the easiest one first. Academic astronomy and astrophysics labs in every university would close and they would close indefinitely until they could figure out what to do. The remaining physical sciences, geology, hydrology, archaeology, biology, take your pick. Those would have to be literally rebuilt from the ground up because the ground has now changed. Economically, uh, potentially, you would have to shut down world markets for several months just to figure out what happens when the dust settles. I mean, if Donald Trump got pneumonia tomorrow, the market would be affected, and that's just one guy. But the biggest would be what you mentioned earlier, which is um, if this place is built, if it is a building, then it was created by something or someone. And you're asking the the five religious houses of this world, the big ones, um, Hinduism, Buddhism, Judaism, Islam, and Christianity, you're all of a sudden giving all these groups leverage against science who has built this massive foundation over the last five centuries. Between those three things... (laughs) That's one of the shortest X-Men, uh, or X, sorry, X-Files smoking man meetings ever, which is, okay, what's the worst that could happen? And then all of a sudden they just rattle off that stuff. It's like, yeah, we got to keep this thing a secret for as long as possible until we can figure out how to disseminate it to the population. Uh, that's what they're w- w- worried about. Men in power do not take chances if they can help it. They well, always hedge their bets. Well, so let alone go. let alone NASA would shut down, and then I'm sure, oh, yeah, and, yeah, and then, yeah. then I'm sure a huge factor would be where is all that money? I mean, NASA, Wait, how, you money, know, how, how, long yeah. they, how long have they lied to us? Where is all that money gone that we supposedly have been spending on on all these uh, these things going up? So there, there's yeah. all these other factors that come into play. And, yeah, well, like I said earlier, all of a sudden if, if we're in a dome, well, then there's something that has created that dome. So now yeah. now we feel like all of a sudden we're – were ants in uh, one of those little ant home things that people buy, you know, get at their home, and we're we're being watched. So it it opens up these endless questions and fears. Right. I mean, are we being watched or are we being protected? And if so, either way, by what or whom? Whose god or creator is it? Are right. you know that that list goes on and on? But in the end, after all is said and done, and the smoke clears from all the drama that'll occur. Perhaps things could become better here where we live. We, instead of shooting money up into the sky that goes nowhere and does nothing when it comes to space programs all over the world, we could use that money for, you know, the huge homeless population, for education, for real science here on Earth, for better health. Um, maybe less when it comes to the pharmaceutical industry, more with natural cures. We could see whether or not across the plane there are quote-unquote aliens, not coming from Mars or Jupiter, but coming from further than we're able to see now on this plane that we live on. Let's um yeah let's let's we've got so many questions but I want to take a couple listener calls here um so we don't have to make people wait too long. This is Michelle in California. Hi Michelle, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you. Hi, how are you guys doing? Good, welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, so I'd like to touch on something you said. Uh, let's say we wake up tomorrow with irrefutable proof, and you know what difference would it make? And hi Patricia, hi Mark. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Yay. Um, so uh, we 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 do have that irrefutable proof, which um, 
is being censored heavily by all these CIA-controlled programs that are now being exposed heavily. So, um, and, and what difference would it make? I mean, it, it, it makes all the difference in the world. It, like you said, it leads to a creator, and it also leads to the question, well, why the hell am I here? What, what's my purpose? And so I think it, it makes a big difference. And we do have, we now have proof that are showing we've been lied to on a massive scale. Well, I think even beyond the CIA, I mean, CIA, yeah, you can figure the United States would be uh, manipulated or however. But now you're, you're talking about multiple countries and multiple people in high positions that are staying with this, with this cover-up. So it really makes you wonder... I, I just I don't know how many people out there could keep quiet if if they actually if if they knew this. Well, compartmentalization. I mean, it it, it it it's on a need to know basis. I mean, you can cover it up very easy. The telemetry data can be hidden. Um, you know, it's only the higher ups will know about it and they can they can easily lie about it that, that's a good point uh thank you for making it michelle i want to ask uh mark and patricia kind of a, a a take on what you just said michelle um you had four hundred thousand people from what i understand working on the moon landings and and we'll get to that in a second but four hundred thousand people couldn't keep their mouths shut so were those people thinking they were assuming that the, the if we follow this thought process the moon landings were not real um were those four hundred thousand people uh thinking they were doing what they were doing because i can't imagine you all those people could keep a secret oh they were all honest workers doing the right thing going to their jobs proud that they were putting building pieces that would go on something that would be on the moon uh yeah all of those people were great people who knew people who knew people whose uncle's cousin's brother built something that went on a space shuttle or went on the the apollo uh, mission those people were wonderful people just doing their job and there's only a small amount of people that actually knew the truth and that's pretty easy on a closed sound stage to have just the astronauts and a director and somebody doing the filming and then somebody to put the images together so that it looked like it was what was we were presented with so maybe like 10 people maybe, <laughs> maybe. I mean, yeah. you know I mean, you not would, very many let's, you let's wouldn't say. you wouldn't mean need many let me use the capricorn one movie reference yeah. which was really the only guys that knew were the high brass and the telemetry guys the guys that were controlling the data and which is why, by the way, you had to erase accidentally every tape from the Apollo programs. You know, all the telemetry data has been wiped out, wow. you know, lost, bur- you know, apparently taped over uh, years ago. And, well, they say so. Uh, yeah. Well, over, exactly. But there never, never really there. was any. Yeah, but there was never true. any telemetry data. Anyway, sorry. Go yeah. ahead. All right. Let's um, let's take another call here. This is Kurt, also in California. Kurt, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. I had a. Uh, We're explorers by nature. I think this topic should actually favor everybody, regardless of what side they're on, to, you know, find the answers themselves. Go out and explore it. We're explorers. Let's do it. Uh, Speaking of which, Mark and Patricia, uh, uh, regarding experiments, you brought it up, and I'd I'd hope to not end this show about future experiments that uh, Flat Earth plans on exploring. Uh, that is an excellent point, Kurt, and that's one thing that we preach on this program, if we preach anything, is that it's always good to have an open mind and don't go into a conversation with a um, you know, a predisposed position because uh, you, know, you don't learn things that way. Well, exactly. I mean, whether I, be- I agree with Mark or Patricia or not, I respect their beliefs and, and their, their thoughts on this, and you always want to be able to hear that. So, um, Before we get to the question that we posed prior to the break, I do want to take another listener call, guys. This is uh, Mike. Mike is calling from Kansas. Hi, Mike. Welcome to Beyond Reality Radio. Hi. How are you guys doing this evening? Good. Welcome to the show. Great. Uh New to the show. I got moved to Sega Shift a couple of weeks ago and was flipping through the dial and I found this show and kind of got into it. I really, really dig the, the uh, stuff you guys are presenting on the radio. Oh, thanks. Uh, my question is I want to go to this with an open mind. And I haven't seen a documentary yet. What gave you guys the first uh, idea the earth was flat as opposed to what we've all been taught in, in schools? And uh, listening earlier about uh, experiments. Uh, I wanted to give you guys, before I watched the, apparently it's one-sided documentary where they made you guys look fairly bad, I guess, from what I've heard. Uh, what made you guys first uh, 
uh, go on and thinking it was flat. Now, uh, what did you guys do to prove uh, your theory? Uh, and I'll, I'll listen on the on the radio for your answer. Thank you for your time, guys. Appreciate it. Okay. Um, for me, it was I first got into it because I watched a video by a German guy who was kind of speculating. He was talking about flight routes in the southern hemisphere, and they didn't make sense to him at all. And he was saying that the connections are all over the place, and there's almost no nonstop flights. And the only way they made sense is if the world looked like the UN flag. And he was showing some diagrams. Like, oh, that's 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 pretty cool. And then as far as uh, experiments, no, for me, it was mostly just connecting the dots, which was I looked at it from the 50,000-foot view, which was, okay, if I was going to build the world, you know, because I, I dealt with a lot of video game simulations, and I mean, I played games for a living. I was in the tech world for a long time. But if I had to build the world, what exactly would I do? And then let's say the powers that be didn't figure it out until about 1960. What would they do to potentially keep it keep it on the on the down low and everything that they did was flawless in that regards everything that the government did was was flawless and every design aspect that i looked in this world was genius so for me it wasn't about experiments it was connecting the dots patricia well for me just looking at the moon landing was my first clue and then i as i said earlier mark sergeant slaughter's clues helped me fill in the blanks but yeah looking at the impossibility of the entire nasa space program and the moon landings mm. with the technology that we had way back then and how we've not been back and that there's no rational explanation for that and how they cannot even to today construct a craft that could go to the moon they say they've lost quote, lost the technology and lost the telemetry data to do so we all know technology doesn't go backwards. By now, we should have those flying cars that we heard about when we were children that we might have when we were adults. By now, we should have the moon colonized. I mean, 50 years ago till now, and nothing's happened? Uh, You know, to me, that's just a big red flag. And then as I did research, more and more red flags unfurled. Well, it's scary when you think that I got a thousand times more memory and capabilities in my watch than they pretty much in your did. Cell phone. <laughs> and then they did on the uh, on the shuttle going up. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of scary. We don't have time to address these other questions um, before our next break, so we'll hold them to the other side. But I do want to um, go back to the documentary for a minute. Was there uh, more information that was presented and filmed and offered? to the filmmakers that they intentionally ignored? Yes. I mean, the get science. Them. The uh, science. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, just about every aspect of the nuts and bolts of Flat Earth was removed. you got to remember that they shot for seven months in uh, locations all over the United States, and they had to whittle it down to 99 minutes. So they edited out oh, just about every monologue I ever did, everything that, that Bob did, for example, with the experiments when he was talking about the gyroscope. And that was, you know, Bob went into great detail. It's like, okay, what's moving? You know, is the sky moving or is the ground moving? Or in Jared's experiment, everything around the experiment that he did. Uh, I mean, again, remember, they only showed six or seven minutes of Jared's experiment uh, and didn't talk about any of the problems he was having until the credits started rolling. I was stunned that they even left that in. Uh, so but the bigger question, you know, why, like, like what, when they, why did they end the movie the way they did? Well, they were trying to take a, a cheap shot at flat earth. If, if Jaron would have failed horribly, then why is his channel still up? Why, you know, why didn't anybody replicate what Jaron did on the debunkers side? Well, uh, anyway, sorry. And, and no, and I, I can totally understand, uh, especially all the stuff being left out for the fact, you know, even when we were doing the show Ghost Hunters, I mean, we'd be on a case for three weeks and you'd have, we've four camera guys, let alone our cameras and everything else. And by the time you're done, you're taking all that footage, hundreds and hundreds of hours of footage, and you're whittling it yeah. down to 46 minutes or 42 minutes because of commercials. And, you know, so there's a ton of things that get, that gets left out. And on your show, I'm very, very sure that they most likely left out a ton of stuff that would have oh, helped yeah. support I mean, support you guys wanted, versus if you had yeah. found a ghost, let's say. But if somebody putting it together wanted to show you didn't, they just leave that part out where you found right. the ghost, it and is. the film becomes completely different. It is yeah. that easy, and like the the people under underestimate the power of editing. That little cheap shot that the director took at me uh, when the green button shot, which was, and he just found ran into that on accident, which was. 
he lingered on the green button after we left, and it's like, oh, all I have to do is pull out Mark hitting the green button in the beginning, and voila, Mark misses the green button, meaning he missed the obvious, which means the globe is obvious. Mark misses the globe. Quick question and before we have to go to break here. If uh, the uh, higher-ups, I'll say, of NASA and other organizations like that are trying to keep this a secret, why on earth would they have tried uh, gone uh, up into space to begin with? It seems like they just would have avoided that altogether. And if you would like to join the discussion, the telephone number is 844-687-7669. Uh, Mark and Patricia, before the last two breaks, uh, I've posed questions. We have had, haven't had time to answer either of them. So let's start with the one I posed just before this particular break. If there was something to hide and people in the upper echelon of NASA or the federal government or wherever they are knew there was something to hide why send a rocket ship up into space anyway okay so and and let me rephrase that which is why would you have to fake the space program and that is because if you don't sooner or later the private corporations are going to get involved mean meaning that you have to militarize space it was something that bothered me for a long time which is why would you fake the Apollo program? Why? I, I never came up with a good enough reason for that years ago, which was, okay, fine, wave the flag, rah, rah, go USA, we're the greatest. I get that. It's a good answer, but it's not a great answer. When you get into flat Earth, it kind of answers itself, which is, okay, you don't want to fake the space, the, the, the moon landing. You have to. Because if you don't, eventually, remember, because NASA is just a, um, a compilation of different corporations like General Dynamics or Boeing or McDonnell Douglas or Lockheed Martin, and those corporations make the parts for NASA. Well, those are, the, those are the heavy hitters. They could actually do their own space programs eventually. You do not want them teaming up with other corporations, I don't know, like people that want to advertise, like a, like a car company or Frito-Lay or Coca-Cola or something like that. Militarizing space and keeping it under government control is the easiest way to do it. You go there, you fly multiple missions or fake multiple missions really, really quickly, even though they make no sense. I don't even want to get into the Van Allen radiation belts. And then in 1972, you just pull the plug and say, well, there's nothing to see here. Ratings are down. Yep. We're never going back. Good night, everybody. And that's People it. lost interest is what yeah, we were people, told. Yeah, but. people lost interest. And so, okay. yeah, faking, faking space was a, was a good move on their part, which is the, the outer edge and the upper edge. So the outer edge, you make the Antarctic Treaty in 1959 uh, and seal off the outer edge. And the same year, you announced the Van Allen radiation belts. And then eventually, and NASA was formed in 1958, which you militarized space. So it's, it's, a, it's a slick little way of controlling all the exits. Okay. And you get the thing that they needed to get, a full picture of Earth from space. Although Absolutely. it was completely fake, they needed that very first picture to show people, look, here's where you live, this right. blue spinning ball. Yeah. The case and that, closed, no more yeah. questions. And that pick that Patricia is mentioning was not even taken until 1972 during the last Apollo mission. Yeah, wouldn't it be the first picture you'd ever take if you got on the moon, you were the first man on the moon, wouldn't you take your hustle bad camera and train it on home and take a yeah. picture of the beautiful blue marble in yeah. the blackness of space. Yeah. One they of, waited until yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, it's okay. I was going to say that one of the uh, one of the things that's often pointed to when we have folks on the uh show that are talking about the moon landings themselves and that they were a hoax is this is the photography uh, question. There's a lot of questions about that photography. Let's go to the other point because we're going to find ourselves out of time really quickly here. Um, okay. There were experiments done that were either partially shown or not shown at all in the documentary Behind the Curve. Tell us what was left out that we should have seen that may have changed uh, maybe the, the tone of the, of the um, film. The oh, how about just about every experiment that we performed in 2017? For one, that the documentary team was fully aware of and fully briefed uh, everything from long distance photography, and that is, by the way, the most obvious out of all of them. Which is, we had people running to the beaches just about everywhere that there was a body of water taking long distance photography. And by that I mean, if the curvature of the Earth is what mainstream says, which is eight inches per mile per mile or eight inches per mile squared, then eventually something off in the distance is going to be on the other side of the curve. It's going to be behind the curve. And they showed none of that. Um, they didn't show, they didn't even talk about the, the massive laser experiment we did over in Hungary at Lake Balaton with, at 40 kilometers with a military grade laser. 
that we shot with Guinness Book of World Records standing right there next to us and qualified the whole thing. Uh, they talk about you know nothing involving. Oh, sorry, I get I get past. They didn't even show something as simple as when a ship supposedly disappears over the horizon, proving the right. curve of the Earth. How we can use the P nine hundred or now the new P one thousand camera to bring that ship right back in to show that it didn't go over the curve, right. and, it, and we keep doing that as the ship goes out further and further well, and until our eyes fail us or the camera can't go any further. And that's something right. that, that that's, and that's something that's always confused me. Is I'm I'm a big uh, boat guy. I I own boats and and I'm out with the kids all the time and when i i see boats off in the distance but after a period of time i'll see less and less of that boat and it'll disappear on the horizon now right. so how how do you guys explain that then oh yeah 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 yeah. i mean well get a that camera that- next time you're out with the kids get a really good camera like the the p900 or the p1000 and zoom in on that ship that went over earth's curve yeah and the you'll see the- it again yeah, the boat's not gone. Uh, in fact, 10 years ago, you you absolutely would have had me with that. It's like, yeah, the boats are gone. They're over the horizon, but not anymore. With HD cameras, uh, with optical or digital zoom, uh, you can crank these boats right back into frame. In fact, we've gone so far as to say there's objects we can see so many miles away that the only limit to the distance you can see is the thickness of the atmosphere itself. Because remember, we're just kind of breathing in a, a thin version of water, and that gets thicker and thicker over time. Uh, long distance, I, I put a challenge out to science. I said, look, show me a lighthouse, show me a boat, show me a landmass at like 150 miles or less that we can't see. Because at 150 miles, you should never, ever be able to see it. And we can see it in all light conditions, all weather conditions, uh, and uh, amazing distances. And, and now we're up- using infrared, which is a brand oh, yeah. new aspect that wasn't around in 2017 that was utilized for flat Earth to right. be able to see even more clearly, much further than the measurement of eight inches per mile squared that NASA yeah. and science gives us for this rotund ball we supposedly live on. Um, yeah. We've we've really, since during 2017 when the documentary was filmed and post, we've done countless experiments using multitudes of methods. And right. many of those, Daniel Clark and the people involved in Behind the Curve knew about and dismissed because it didn't fit the narrative they wanted to tell. All right, let's jump to a listener call here. This is Kosho in Texas. Hi, Kosho. Welcome to the program. Hey, hey, how you guys doing? Good. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. Um, Actually, I had a a question. You guys kind of touched on it about the documentary um, and Bob Nodell's um, measurement that he he, um, addressed. He had 15 degrees per hour. He'd he'd found it on a ring laser um, gyroscope. And so I know this is a, it's kind of big news in um, the FE world right now. And so I, I'm, I'm curious to see from um, both Mark and Patricia if they, you know, believe, Bob, that he, he did, um, they did see this 15 degrees per hour on the ring laser gyroscope. And if so, um, you know, what would they attribute it to if not the Earth's spin? I'll just say this really quickly and let Mark take over. Not the Earth spinning but the sky above us moving. Just imagine a still earth, and what's really moving when you look up is the sky moving. Right. right. That's it in a nutshell. Yeah, I I really couldn't probably elaborate that much more. I mean, everyone's seen the time lapses of everything at night, and that is, which is what all cultures have saw, you know, witnessed for thousands of years, up until about 500 years ago, where they saw the sky moving. So the question is, why did it change? It's because science got involved, and they changed the rules. And, and they just told us, no, it's not the sky yeah. moving like you can clearly see. It's you that's moving. Yeah, even though they had no way to look at the Earth in that manner. They had no way of uh, up. I mean, they told for 500 years, they said, oh, yeah, it's a globe, it's a globe, it's a globe. It's, even though the highest you could ever go was a balloon for the longest time. We didn't even have aircraft until 100 years ago. Anyway, go ahead. Okay. Uh, is uh, Kosho gone? Mark, here's what, what. What does the sky have to do with that? Because the sky is moving. Yeah, that's the rotation so, that, that so the gyro the, was uh, picking oh, so, up. Yeah, is the gyro picking up the ground or is it picking up the sky? Mainstream science will say it's the ground. We're saying it's picking up the sky. All right, thank you for the call, Kosho. We appreciate that. Um, we. You know, we only have a few minutes left. I do want to ask you about your conference because I know it's, well, it's a couple years uh, you've been doing this now. 
Yeah, yeah, we did. Uh, the first conference was in 2017 in Raleigh, and then we had one in Canada and one in Denver in 2018. Oh, I'm sorry, one in, in London uh, in the U.K., and this year we've got uh, one, two, three, four, like eight. Amsterdam, New Zealand, yeah, Amsterdam, England. New Zealand, yeah. Calgary, yeah, they're all over the place. Oh, wow, okay. Dallas. All right, well, that's terrific. Oh, Jason Mount Shasta I... as well yeah. in California. Yeah, Trish and I are heading, heading down to the New Zealand conference here in about a month. Oh wow! Oh, that's 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 amazing. Yeah, Jason and I are hoping to hit hit one of those at one of the on one point. Um, these conferences, first of all, how many people do you get uh, at any of them in particular? And then, you know, what's what's the tone? Is is it a debate or is it is it um, uh, an educational experience? What's the what's the effort there? It's it's kind of both. Um, it's. Uh, I wouldn't say much of a debate. First of all, hundreds of people, definitely, uh, depending on where you are. 200 to like 600. But I know that this year around, it's going to be perhaps maybe more, depending on the location, of course. Right. But it's it's really kind of a giant party because for a lot of these people, uh, unless they're going to the regional meetups, it's the first time for them to be around others that aren't giving them any grief, you know, friends and family and coworkers. Uh, so the energy is just, it just becomes cyclical because people are just, just getting, I mean, like in Raleigh, nobody slept for like four days. Everyone was just, you couldn't even get them out of the lobby into the, into the presenters area because they were but just so excited. There will be debates, um, at some of these, and there also will be, um, street activism at some of these events as well. <laughs> right. And, you know, then of course there's going to be different workshops at some of them. So, um, aside from just different people in the flat earth, such as Mark, myself, and others getting up and speaking at a podium and showing slides, there will be many different facets. I don't want to simplify this, but does much of this argument come down to a creator? Mm, uh, I mean, it, it, some it people does. think so, some people don't. I think we have, we have a, some atheists in flat earth, and we have some true believers in flat earth, too. At least, uh, at least half of the community. I can't speak for other countries, but at least half of the community in the United States are strong Christians, and the religious side of flat Earth. Yes, uh, in fact, I, I won't say his name, but I, from a from a, a strong Christian advocate, he said I've never seen anything bring people back into spirituality like flat Earth, and he goes, I've been doing this my whole life. But when you go to a conference or a meetup, it is not a revival at all. And there's people of all sorts of, uh, all sorts of everything there. Yeah. So yeah. It's, uh, there may be a, at one time a Christian speaker on stage, and then in another room there's a speaker who's talking about something completely different. Yeah. But, but I would there think are a lot also of no chapter and verse. I will say that, and yeah, I've well, learned more about chapter and verse in the last four years than I have probably in every year before that. Well, I would think if the Earth was found to be flat, then the atheists—I mean, it would open up all these new doors for the atheists because there would have to be some, especially if we're in a dome, there would have to be some right. sort of a greater power that right. that, was, that the, was able to do that. Right. At the very least, there's some sort of greater power, but again, one man's uh, advanced civilization is another man's deity, so kind of split in half. Right. Well, exactly. I, I mean, it, if there was a, if there's no Big Bang, which is what flat Earth in this whole thing was created, then something made us. Well, and, and, and each G- person will determine that on their own. Well, and JV and I have talked many times about if, first off, I mean, if aliens were to visit tomorrow, everybody gets this impression that aliens are going to come down, they're going to be somewhere in between the height of four feet to six feet, and God only, I mean, an alien could show up on your planet, it could be the size of a, a speck of dust, it could be the size of, you know, jeez, uh, it could be hundreds and hundreds of feet tall. You never know. I mean, mm. they're coming from a different place and, and, and different uh, different all around. Um, so the fact of the matter is, if there was, if we were this little, if, if we were flat earth and we're covered in a dome, very possibly there could be this massive thing that that would be yeah. controlling just like us as when we get those little ant houses in our house i mean those ant farms yeah, yeah those little ant farms um mm-hmm. you know yeah. we're huge compared to them and 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 so forth yeah it's it, yeah it's very very possible i'd like to think that there are older versions of our civilizations still remnants of previous civilizations still lying around and yeah at the very least uh, whoever built this place, you know, did, did did God build it or did God subcontract out the work? Not sure. 
All right. Well, we have uh, run out of time here. We have enough time for you both to give websites, YouTube channels, Facebook, whatever you want to do uh, for people who are more interested in following your work. Patricia? My channel is Flat Earth and Other Hot Potatoes on YouTube, Flat Earth and Other Hot Potatoes. And I have a small Facebook community page by that very same name. And uh, it just go for me, just go into Google or YouTube and type in Flat Earth Clues. You will find everything you need to know. All my contact information, including my phone number, my address, and everything is in the description box of every single video that I make. Well, Patricia and Mark, we got to definitely have you back on because two hours was not enough time. Not to nearly really enough. <laughs> not nearly enough. <laughs> so, but thank you so well, thank much. Thank you. For, thank you for having us. Oh, we appreciate you. it. Thank you both for coming on and hanging out with us, and we'll talk to you again soon. I have to believe that back, and I, I should have looked it up before we uh, came back from the break, but I have to believe back when uh, the prevailing theory was that the Earth was flat and there were heretics, so-called, uh, that presented the notion that the Earth was round, if, if the controversy was as great as it is now, as people well, look the other way. I don't, I, I don't think so, and I think they made a good point. You have the Internet, you have all these other things now, so... So many more people can see something at once. And I don't know. Although I do think they, they actually imprisoned people and, uh, and maybe tortured them and yeah, killed them, yes. If, if for, for those ideas. Um, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to look into that a little more deeply. But that was a great discussion. I really enjoyed it. It was. And I, and I got to give them kudos. First off, they did they did the show for on Netflix. And yeah, and I agree with Patricia and, and Mark. It, it definitely seemed there was some biasness in the editing. And so whether you believe them or not, just put the information out there. Let the people, let their information go out there. Let your information go out there and let the world decide. And I think that's the most important important thing. The minute you start putting a, or a spin or your own little spin on something, you're kind of trying to get people to side with you over somebody else. I just don't think that's right. Yeah, um, we will have to have them come back on. They're they're uh, well spoken and uh, do a good job of prevent, or presenting their side, despite the fact there are a lot of people that just don't simply don't agree. But as we say on this show all the time, it's about the discussion and where you end up after the discussion is completely up to you. Well, that's it. I hundred percent, and that's hundred percent how we feel. It's uh, you know we just want to put it out there and let uh, let the uh, the the listeners uh, decide and go from there. But that's going to pretty much do it for us tonight. Uh, make sure you tune in tomorrow, but you're listening to Jason and JV Beyond Reality Radio. We'll catch you all soon. Beyond Reality Paranormal is hosted by JV Johnson and produced by Orion Palmer and Slick Eddie Edwards. Like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please consider supporting the program either through your podcast platform, click on the link in the description, or on Patreon at Joha Productions. If you'd like to be a guest on Beyond Reality Paranormal or you have a recommendation for a guest, contact our producer, Slick Eddie Edwards. Eddie is spelled with a Y at slickeddieedwards at gmail.com.